It's the middle of the night. You're getting really hungry, and suddenly you see a donor kebab from across the street. Guys, this is the time to remind yourself it's not supposed to be easy. And then shove it in your face and move on. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Arel, the traveling Jew with a podcast. Welcome to another episode of It's Not Supposed to Be Easy. Today the podcast travels to Austin, Texas. Now if there ever was a hippie mecca to this planet, it's gotta be Austin. The city where people take you to drum circles, speak to you about the moon cycles, and make you drink their magic tea potion, kombucha. Yes, logic is not the highest value in Austin, but as long as you avoid the talk about crystals and energies and their crappy transportation system, you're gonna meet some great people. For this episode, we have a special guest. She's a professional dancer, artist, and a yoga teacher. I met Liz attending her vinyasa classes while I was trying desperately to get the upward dog right. I instantly knew that this person has to be on the podcast. She's the ultimate tactician when it comes to well-being, so if you're in a battle for your health, happiness, or some position in yoga, Liz is the general you want to learn from. We explored many topics that are in the center of her life, from being a teacher to cultivating creativity and motivation. So guys, without further ado, let's meet the magnificent Liz. I want us to touch a bit on uh, teaching. Okay. Because that's something that's very close to me. Um, Yeah, just so the way the way I used to speak about it with my students, I used to ask them, um, do you I used to ask them, are you good with the material? You know, and they said, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. You know, and then I said, "Okay, can you teach me? the material you know? and that was for me i'm always alluding like, to when you don't when you master the material you're you're in a position where you can articulate it to another person yes uh, and convey it so what what do you think about kind of the importance of teaching uh when we master a discipline or when we try to um really get good at something you know because for me i think it's instrumental like a- anything that we do even like, for instance now with climbing uh i always try to uh, learn from others and then kind of uh, try mm-hmm. to play it out on you know just invite a friend that never climbed and i'm trying to give him the the first uh, lesson uh, of climbing you know and i see that i think i almost feel that um the, the connection to the discipline is is incomplete in a sense if we don't involve some form of teaching in it i love that you yeah. brought that up so yeah <laughs> um that's something that my late husband his name was david um he would he would always tell me you learn best what you teach most mm. and um and so i i love it yeah yeah so i agree with that a hundred percent um it really does i mean it, it, there's science behind it i i can't yeah. articulate it but um but but it does it ingrains it more into your system and you actually um by watching somebody else try to learn it you learn you you learn it deeper for yourself so a great example for me was teaching someone to do a cartwheel that's something that i had known how to do since i was like three years old so the act of actually instructing someone how to do a i had never broken it down for Mm. anybody because it would i just always did it and when someone asked me how do you do a cartwheel, I remember this huge roadblock and 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 had to take a step back and I was like, I don't really know how to break this down. And then, you know, through the process of figuring out how to break it down, how to teach it to this per- this certain person with this certain background. Um, because each person is different and they're going to yeah. run into different roadblocks while they're learning it. Um I understand cartwheels so much better <laughs> For sure. and I feel really confident in doing one um, yeah. and in teaching one now. But that was, that was one of the first instances where I was like, wow, this is something I know how to do, but I don't understand how to teach right. it. So strange that we can have that, like that muscle memory of, you know, we can execute an action, but we cannot articulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very strange. We, we cannot uh, describe the process to, to getting where we already got, you know. Right. So when I was uh, younger, I used to uh, play the guitar and my teacher used to just uh, all the time used to say, you have to start teaching, you know, if you want to get better. <laughs> so finally, I found some um, a few people to, to teach the guitar. And it was shocking to me because they, they asked me how to do the basic chords and just kind of familiarizing with, with this instrument. 
and and then I and then I had to re-educate myself or or ask myself, you know, um, okay, so how do you like you 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 have to deconstruct the basics again, mm-hmm. you just just mm-hmm. the basics positions, and and then to see for someone who is completely foreign to this discipline, he needs to you know he needs to download the operating system before he can start uh, advancing in this. So there there's a lot to, that goes into it, but I f- I found great value in. Uh, kind of asking myself again because through the questions of others, you know, um, because they ask you, okay, how do I do X or Y? And then you have to ask yourself again, well, how do I do them? You know, mm-hmm. because it just comes, quote unquote, like it's like second nature at this point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but the re-asking, I think, like... Uh, like David said, uh, the, um, how, how did you say that? You be- learn best what you teach most. Yeah, for sure. Th- mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's definitely something for, from my experience. I, would, uh, I have this vision uh, one day of, of this ultimate school. Okay, So you have students going into one class, and then the second they go out of the class, they enter another class where they're now the, the teachers. You know? mm. So it has to go like in a cyclic uh, nature. You know? The seniors have to teach the, uh, the juniors. Or mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that would be, that would be awesome. Right? Yeah, <laughs> I, love, I love it. I'm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, great. You're going to be a teacher there, for sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to touch on a bit, uh, let's see, on music uh, when it comes to teaching, especially with uh, with your, because, so your soundtrack, I, I love your soundtrack. Like the second you, you hit the, the first tune there, I know, okay, okay, Liz is, uh, <laughs> we're starting this, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's almost like, uh, and I found it with uh, with Gaga and other yoga teachers as well. It's it's like these uh, instructors they want to almost program or just have you go through an emotional uh, experience, right? I mean, I'm assuming that you you gave some thought to the soundtrack Very of, much of so. your class. So mm-hmm. yeah, what what do you think of the role uh, of music in uh, in movement or in general? I think it's ex- extremely important because um, we. Well, just very naturally we're connected to movement uh i mean music um i mean you you take a a a baby and you play music and it'll start moving around to it we all have a rhythm you know our heartbeat in itself that's like our very first rhythm that we experience um and uh there's just something so beautiful the way that it can touch us emotionally and um um bring us into a certain state and I'm very sensitive to to music even in a class if we're doing something and whatever song is playing even if I programmed it if it's not right I'll change it because it's going to drive me crazy um but um Fitness is a little different because I'm I'm looking for more just like fun right uh, music uh, so people have fun during the experience. Usually in fitness, it's for a workout. It's so things are hard, and I I, I really try to instill this state of play into it. Um, but with uh, with yoga and with dance, it's your body will move differently depending on what the music is and a lot of um a lot of my fellow dancers and i just call uh, uh, the music can become a monster in a way if you're uh doing improvisation or Mm. just playing around sometimes you need to turn it off in order to like in order to really feel um what your body is saying because you turn it on and your body just rides that wave Mm. Um, and so when leading a class, it's really helpful because you can, you can tell what they're feeling because you feel the music. Um, uh, I forgot where I was going with that. So that, so that's really helpful. But if you're trying to teach, um, a certain task or a certain quality of movement, um, it can be helpful in guiding, but then it can also get in the way a little bit. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, like, how would your class look without the soundtrack? It would be completely different, right? I mean, it's 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 this this layer that I wasn't aware of before I started yoga, but it's it's definitely uh, significant yes. in the experience, you know, for sure. Because you're trying to facilitate this environment of relaxation and this almost... Uh, my friend uh, here took me to another stu- uh, studio, 
um, I think it's called Black Swan Yoga. Yes. Or, uh, do you know it? Yes. Yeah. So the, the ceiling there is incredible. I mean, the the imagery, that just the place visually, it's it's, it's stunning. And uh, I was there. I almost felt like a psychedelic experience just being there, and and, uh, and the music and the and the, um, the facility. So. I, I see that it, it's like a recurring theme with, uh, mm-hmm. with the yoga community to try to put the music as, as a, an integral part of the experience. Yes, especially especially with vinyasa because that is such a like a rhythmically paced class anyway. Um, if you did um, like hatha yoga, it wouldn't be necessarily as mm. uh, you may not have music. Um, um, because there's a little more instruction it's a little more slow paced it's not always led by the breath the way vinyasa is and then it would be the same with an iyengar practice i've had which they primarily um use props to help you with your alignment and you usually hold poses for for long periods of time um i've had instructors that play no music and i've had instructors that play the most fun music and tell Mm. jokes the whole time it just kind of uh it just kind of depends fair enough yeah yeah did, did you um i'm assuming you kind of developed your own style of vinyasa and it's pretty far from where you started I, even even you alluded to that the other day when you said uh it's it's changed uh this year since the last time i was here yes yes um how is that process like it's it's just what is influencing me at the at mm. the time and what i'm inspired by um because I, w- my teacher training wa- was Hatha, but my teachers taught us um, about all different, not all of the forms, because that's a lot, but just, you know, several, a variety of forms. And they, they said, you know, in your 200 hour um, certification, we just want you to have a, a good baseline of what yoga can, is like or can be like and then when you when you continue to pursue and and maybe get your 500 hour certification you can um choose and pinpoint an area that you want to focus on um and so after i was done with school i just started taking at different studios and introducing myself to different forms of yoga i did ashtanga for a really long time when i moved to austin i did iyengar for mostly um, this is Chinese for the listening right now. <laughs> yeah, look it up online. Yeah, um, come on. They're all Get fun. your yoga yoga game on. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyways, so I've, I've practiced a lot of different a lot of different forms, and mm. I'm I'm still interested in the ones that I haven't um, practiced. And then I also think that my background in fitness and then my background in dance also influence for sure mm-hmm. yeah. so it's 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 so it my classes are influenced so much about what i'm experiencing and what i'm going through mm-hmm. with movement at that time yeah yeah that, that's something that i um i'm assuming happens in gaga as well because the every time it's a different dancer that, mm-hmm. that goes into the class you know so I, I saw it in Tel Aviv uh, with with my uh, I don't know twenty classes that I took there of the Gaga over the course of a few months that every dancer pr- has his own world you know he brought a different soundtrack you know some people just did more like animalistic movement and stuff that are more uh, like energetic and others were more subtle in in um, the classes that they delivered there different mm-hmm. uh, soundtracks so I'm assuming that they have different influences and they that that uh, few that kind of informs the their style uh, De- yeah definitely that's something that really drew me to gaga uh, i think that's why i enjoyed it so much because even though it's a lead practice and there is a, a very codified language associated yeah, with it um and the, and the teacher has an intention for what they want to see come out of you but they want to mm. see your version of it um mm. yeah it's not it's not so everyone learns the same technique and shakes the same way or <laughs> so that, you know, right. everyone um, circles in the same way. They, it, it's just to help you access your way of doing it and, and getting to know yourself more. 
Um, it, this is my perspective, so like mm-hmm. I don't want to speak yeah, on course. anyone else's behalf. Okay. Um, just to be respectful, yeah. but um, and that that's why I liked it so much because it it was something that I could I could feel like I could really connect to my body and myself and find my way my path to mm. to these uh, types of movements and to yeah. these qualities as opposed to being in a technique class right you know yeah, where everything like is cookie cutter exactly mm-hmm. yeah i like it it's like every every um concept they have there is, is an open question you know that you can you can explore mm-hmm. it's not necessarily okay you have to execute this choreography and uh you know if you fuck up this plie then uh you're not doing it right right kid. right <laughs> exactly exactly right? That's great. I'm, um, well, I'm excited for you to come to Tel Aviv maybe one day to yes. do, to do uh, Gaga. If you do, then I have to go with you. Yes, you do. Um, let's touch a bit on uh, creativity. Okay? okay. I have a cool quote for you, so I want to share it with you. Um, you familiar with uh, Nassim Taleb? Yeah? Yes. Yeah? Okay. So he, one of his books is called uh, The Bed of uh, Procrustes. So this quote goes like this. Uh, they are born, then put in a box. They go home to live in a box. They study by ticking boxes. They go to what uh, is called work in a box. Where they sit in a cubicle box, they drive to the grocery store in a box to buy food in a box. Then they go to the gym in a box and talk about thinking outside the box. When they die, they are put in a box. A big quote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I want us to touch this quote uh, when I was thinking about this conversation, I was thinking about um, kind of our discuss- discussion about uh, Edo Portal and this, uh, yeah, this distinction between uh, you, the, the different disciplines within the realm of uh, movement, you mm-hmm. know, that can be boxes, you know, like someone can start a yoga and then he's in the, the yoga box, you know, mm-hmm. and then we, we address him like that. Oh, that's the yoga, the yoga person, you know. Right. Well, what do you think of being creative within a world where you're, I don't know, you're getting a certification and then you're kind of uh, wiring yourself in a certain direction, you know, and then how do you see your, your growth and yeah, how, how do you, how do you look at being creative and evolving uh, within your disciplines that mm-hmm. are kind of their, their own distinct realm, you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but then you have to, um, yeah, to, to see how you can, exit those boxes to to deliver an experience uh, for your students that is not only uh okay this is a classic yoga class and you know mm-hmm. um no i really i really like that that question because that was um something i struggled with in in college because that's a really great place to um to learn uh, one way or yeah. you know maybe a couple ways sure. um and um, after leaving school and having my own life experience, just realizing that there are infinite amount of ways to do any one thing. Um, and so when, when I'm studying, if I, if I'm studying something very specific, um, I want to understand the specifics. I want to understand it in its entirety. But just because of my life experience, I understand that that's not the be all end all. Mm. It's just a tool in my toolbox that I can use at any point in time. Uh, Maybe I will uh, kind of allow myself to stay in the box of that discipline for a while just to become uh, very comfortable with it um, and feel confident in it. But then know that I can step out of it, that I don't have to identify myself with that one thing. I can step out of it and allow it to infiltrate all the other parts of me. Um, That it kind of reminds me of. um, So one of my Gaga teachers, uh, Tom Weinberger, he um, I asked him, how do I use this in ballet? Like, how do I use this in ballet? I don't Mm. understand. You know, they want that. It's so they're so different. Um, in, in, in my student mind, they're so different. Um, and he was like, eventually it's just gonna, it's just gonna integrate into it. Like you don't, you won't have to think about it while you're doing ballet. Just allow it in, just allow it to be there. It's not like Gaga's for here, ballet's for here, yoga's for here. 
It's you just let them seep into each other and you let them inspire each other. And there are things that my yoga teacher says that helps me run five miles. There are things that um, my weightlifting coach might say that helps me dance better. Mm-hmm. And just realizing that um, everything is in relationship with everything. Nothing is, is just compartmentalized. Yeah. 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 I uh, completely relate to that. I think, I think Ido Portal in, in the last um, London Reel, he um, he was asked about just drill he does with the tennis balls and why is this like how is this transferable to other this? And he says like n- that's not the right question to mm-hmm. ask. You know that mm-hmm. we're obsessed with. Okay, how is this discipline gonna affect the other discipline? Mm-hmm. You know, it's all it's almost like this internal bank we just deposit good uh, experiences and good knowledge in. You know. And every time we make a deposit, it's it's not uh, it's not clear how how this bank is gonna is gonna look. I mean, it's I, I don't think we have the access to you know the, the subconscious to see all all of those synapses uh, form and mm-hmm. and now okay, so this strength and this flexibility are not gonna um, you know gonna build a super performer. Mm-hmm. But but I but I do feel that it's very valuable to um, yeah to have a generalistic uh, tendency in in life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what 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 do you think about uh, being a, a generalist or you you I'm I'm assuming you have a few more disciplines uh, you, you've already mentioned uh, a lot like uh, Olympic weight and weightlifting yeah. uh, yoga <laughs> dance what was there <laughs> like uh, I run every yeah. day exactly um, I I really uh, I I like generalization a a lot I like being involved in a bunch of different things because I feel that influence and I feel that inspiration and um it is it I feel like doing one thing all the time it depends on your personality it depends on the individual for some people that's the best thing for them on the planet Mm -hmm. um and it makes them feel good but for someone like me I can't I'll get bogged down I'll plateau I'll get bored Mm. Um, I'll, it, the moment that I have to reach for something, um, uh, to find the inspiration or the motivation outside of myself, then, then I, I should do something else that, right. that, that's not what is, is calling to me at the time. Um, mm. and then because there's so many different types of ways to move and I only have one body, um, actually, I'm really happy that there are so many different types of ways to move because I do only have one body, and it will fatigue. If yeah. I Olympic weight lifted every single day, Definitely. It, well, I would look very different, yeah. and I wouldn't have you know a- excess as much availability in my body as I enjoy mm. having. Um, and also, there's a part of me that just doesn't want to go into the gym and lift heavy every single day. Right. I just don't. I just don't want to. Sometimes yeah. it feels great. It's really empowering, yeah. and um, the way your nervous system responds and the endorphins. It's awesome. I don't <laughs> want to run a marathon. I have no desire to run a marathon, but I like running, mm. but not that much. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, it's just, and then sometimes I want to just express myself and just move around uh, very freely and organically. And that's why I love dance. And um, because I don't have to do anything in particular, it's just, I could just put on some music and just let myself feel it. Yeah. Um, that's great. Well, what do you think about um, that? This, this is, I think, probably one of the douchiest question uh, <laughs> we, we as humans ask is about like, how do we find our passion? You know, mm-hmm. uh, something I think about a lot about, I think it's complete nonsense that we have this um, template for, or we even we try to instill in, in, in kids or in people in general, like you have to find your passion. You know? So it's, it's complete, like the, the cloud of stress uh, that we mm-hmm. like j- just uh, in general for you because I'm assuming that growing up you had this uh, tendency for movement and then you 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 developed it and pursued it further. But um, what do you what do you think about that question? Um, yeah, just how how do you access? Because I'm I'm assuming that you have other passions besides uh, movement, yes. right? So how do you go about uh, finding them, re- um, developing them? Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. for for people who 
who don't because I, I find that with you it's very the same when you when you arrive to a yoga class with you it's it's apparent that you have a very uh, big connection to movement and to yoga in particular um, how do we find and develop those places in ourselves um, so I think the the first thing the first thing is is a language uh, is a language this might be getting into semantics but yeah. The word to find, mm. um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's counter. Uh, right, exactly. right, because you, you're looking and you're searching for right. it. And and when we look and we search, it's usually outside of ourselves. Mm. Um, so there's this um, term in yoga called um, sankalpa, and it's your heartfelt desire. Um, and that really resonates with me because it's your heart felt desire so it's something inside of you it's something that moves you inspires you without needing to look for it um and so um a lot of my teachers when they when people are like how do I find my passion they just say they what what do you enjoy what makes you happy what makes you feel good and um, it doesn't have to be very specific. It could even be, I like walking in nature. Yeah. Um, do more of that. Do more of that thing, whatever that is. And, and then it will, and then it'll, it'll just, it'll start to bubble. It'll mm. just, um, it will, it'll grow because you'll start walking in nature. And then you are in a space where you're available I, to to receive the inspiration to to do something more with that so you're walking in nature um and maybe you are drawn to um the trees around you and you start to notice and then you start wanting to know the names of the mm. trees and then you start wanting to know and then you know yeah. and then all these and then these in questions start to come from inside gotcha. and you just follow you follow that and then the next thing you know you're like I don't know, a forest ranger or saving the environment or <laughs> yeah. making medicine out of a particular plant. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But um, yeah, no, I, lo I love the, the direction of uh, following, uh, obviously, your, your likings and, and kind of rephrasing the question to not uh, what is my passion or it's just what do I like? What do I enjoy? Mm -hmm. uh, but just to kind of um, explore that point more. Uh, so what if what if for instance I don't find it in my experience if if some people uh, mm -hmm. don't have many interests or I don't know just their experience is lacking in some way mm -hmm. uh, and they ask themselves those questions uh, what do I like what and there is no clear answer uh, what 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 kind of I don't know, like I want to say advice but just mm -hmm. yeah if we can touch on that yeah I understand that um, so I, I I would I would then go to well, you, you, everyone knows what they don't like. Yeah, sure enough. So you make a list of those things. Mm. And that'll that'll give you some information. Okay. And then what's the opposite of those things? Interesting. That'll give you some information. Like reverse engineering the mm -hmm. process. I like it. Mm -hmm. And then That's from good. there, just just trying new things, trying something mm. different. Like if you're really in a rut. Um, I don't know. Wake up at a different time during the day. Eat a different lunch. Um, yeah. take a different path, wear a different outfit. Just gotcha. like, like, you, yeah. just like little simple things just to kind of, um, change up the routine and, and because you're changing up the routine, you'll notice th things more mm. we, when we're in a, we're in, when we are in a routine and, and we're very habitual, um, and just in the society, because it's just, we're so hardworking and always striving and striving and striving. You can get tunnel vision. You can just get stuck in this, what feels, seems like a wormhole and years pass by and you come out and you're like, what just happened? What, what were those last 10 years of my life? Um, and so to, uh, a great way to break that up is just to, to change things in that, in that daily routine. Even if you are in corporate America and you yeah. work a nine to five, um, I don't know, maybe take a different train or take a different drive or try walking to work or go out to eat for your lunch break instead of eating at your desk, right. you know. Yeah, no, I love it. And then start small, just disrupt your, your routine mm -hmm. and see how how, uh, how your system reacts to it. Mm -hmm. Maybe some adaptations can be can occur after the disruption. Exactly. 
that's great. Um, yeah, in a general sense, I wanted to ask you, how do you how do you view creativity? Like when you look at your inspire, um, yeah, people who inspire you, or what do you how do you describe a person who is creative um, or interesting to you? Can can you pinpoint some qualities that they have that uh, you say, like, okay, that person just has a pull for me? Mm-hmm. Um, so these these people are usually very um, very inspired themselves. They're they're usually very driven, hmm. um, and they are usually per pursuing something with a lot of passion and it doesn't have to to do with any of my disciplines at all so um for instance one of my great um friends uh at at awesome bouldering project he was one of my students i have a lot of interesting students you included um (laughs) (laughs) that uh he he biked from he did this it's called uh, pedal south he made this documentary and him and a group of guys biked all the way from alaska to the tip of south america oh, nice. in two years and he wrote a book and he does these self motivate or yeah motivational speak uh, talks all over mm-hmm. and he is so inspiring to me um and part of it is because okay so another thing is someone being very genuine mm. and and um very open and receptive to others and where they are and what they're doing um because he i had no idea for months and months and months any of this stuff about him but i just liked him a lot just super friendly super happy um and uh just a great guy and and really really nice and and interested in in me as a person and as a teacher and all of that stuff um and then finally learning that about him, uh, like he was inspiring me just as an individual through life, just just the way that he presented himself from day to day to day. And then to learn that about him. Um, what was the name of the documentary? Um, Pedal South. It's, Pedal South. It's not okay. out yet. It'll oh, be okay. out next year. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's super cool. So, okay, that was like a really – that was a – of rounded about a meandered a little bit but um a person that i get they're they're passionate they're Hmm. um they're open they're receptive um and yeah it it doesn't have so much to do with what that person does it's it's more of kind of like the energy that they they um that they give off um and it's it's kind of this very open and down for anything kind of um energy um it creates this availability for really unique conversations um and for ideas to come from those conversations and then um maybe you know something like and then and then things like yeah. this happen you know because i was just thinking <laughs> yeah, about exactly. like how we met right um just after a class just having a, a conversation um yeah. it's incredible that you 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 are so receptive to just someone approaching you and say hey i have a podcast you can uh, <laughs> which is great you know i love it mm-hmm. um different question it's uh one that i, I think uh might be interesting how, how do you how do you view uh, the fact that you're so uh, physical in your pursuit? Uh, how, how did that, how being a, such a physical person affected your character? Is that something you, you think about? Or like uh, another way of, of, uh, of going about it would be like, can you imagine yourself without um, being, being a mover or uh, like the version of Liz without physical pursuits? The version of Liz without physical yeah. pursuits is not a great version yeah. of Liz. <laughs> I've, I've, I've experienced her before. Um, <laughs> um, that was kind of in high school. I, um, so I was, I was a swimmer um, in high school, and I quit um, my, I guess, like sophomore. Well, so I didn't swim that long. Yeah, I quit my sophomore year. It didn't last very long. Um, but uh, it was one of those things where – you're swimming like five to six days a week, like six o'clock in the morning. And I just was an adolescent and was over all of it. 
So um, not having, um, at that time, I, I hadn't uh, created a practice for myself because, I don't know, I was like 16 years old. I hadn't um, thought about the fact that movement was that important to me, even though I had done it my entire life. And so mm. I quit this thing, and um, I, was, I was pursuing art during that time. Very young, I, I decided I was an artist, and so... So I thought that that would, you know, facilitate my my needs. I still had a passion, I guess. Right. Um, ooh, but that was that was a lot of energy with nowhere to go, <laughs> and that and that wasn't good for me. And that's when um, I experienced like a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger and even depression. Um, it was it was not good. It was yeah. not a good time, and I didn't know really what was going on. I mean. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't. I, I didn't put two and two together. It wasn't right. until it wasn't until well, I was older and I looked back at the only time I wasn't physically moving pretty much every single day. What, what was during that time when I was, mm. you know, the uh, the worst off emotionally. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. Do you think many people uh, shared that um, predicament of not putting that uh, two and two together? I, I definitely yeah. think it has a lot to do with um, our, our different emotional states, especially, um, I guess, in, in more recent times since, uh, since we sit the majority of the yeah. time, you know, and... and um, I'm sorry for making you sit right now. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, yeah, you're I gonna change move my later. poses yes. every once in a while. <laughs> um, but, yeah, since we... Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, I don't know the exact date or, or whenever when all of a sudden we became a primarily sedentary um, culture, but we definitely have a lot more emotional issues and we're definitely on a lot more medications and there's a lot more anxiety and right. stress and all of that. And um, one of the reasons... Uh, I think that is is, just, is because of, of lack of, of movement and something that movement does is it moves that energy mm. out of you um, yeah. and it gives it somewhere to go and it gives it somewhere to yeah somewhere to focus yeah it's necessary mm -hmm. for sure mm -hmm. what about uh, discipline how, how, how are you so freaking disciplined uh, Liz uh, you gotta crack this that's here. a good question yeah because when you, when you said that the other day that uh, you're not going to be at the stand-up because you have to teach at 6, I'm like, okay, Liz is just... Uh, I'm very struck. Yeah. So how, how Liz, help us with this one? <laughs> um, well, I think... Were you always like this? Sorry for No. No? No, I wasn't. Um, I'm trying to think. A lot of it, I think it. a lot of it happened after... Uh, high school when I was in college I I started to notice um well I wanted to really do something about this anxiety with besides um taking medication and things like that because that that was just um a rabbit hole and it just continues yeah. so I was like I knew that there were systems that I could put in place for myself that would that would just help me and so um I guess the very first time I, I started to become more habitual um, was probably at the beginning of, of college when I realized that if I, um, and this is just like studying or tests or something like that, um, and just being more strategic in the way that I went about things um, would help my mind rest when uh, I wasn't doing that. So, for instance, if I had a test in a month, Instead of just like sitting back and being like, I'll study for it when I feel like it. Like, when am I going to feel like it? So I would set, I, I would just set like little goals. And I'd be like, okay, read this much this day. And then in a couple of days, read this much. And then by the time you get to the week of the test, you're just running through a review and you're good to go. Yeah. And so that would calm me down, just like setting up those little structures. Mm. Um, Interesting. I, I never, I never uh, thought of discipline in relation to anxiety like that. So, yeah, that was the. I don't know. That's how it it 
It came for me. Mm. Um, and um, and then it, it just, it kind of, oh, this does, um, it kind of built um, after that. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I think another, another point in my life when it became um, even, even stronger and noticeable was in 2015 when all of those things happened because um I went you know I was seeing uh, a therapist at the time and uh there was this huge emphasis on you need to do something for yourself because Mm. um very naturally I take this kind of like helper caregiver role um and uh, wanted to help my family and wanted to help my dad and then also trying to to help my husband. Um, but he was also mentally ill. So there was like, not that if anyone's ever experienced that is, is extremely difficult because that person's just not on the same level as you. So they, um, don't understand it the same way. Um, so that was a huge thing. It was like, you have to take care of yourself. You're doing, you're taking on way too much of other people's responsibilities and you need to do things for yourself. And I was like, okay, well, what makes me feel good? And then I was like, I'm going to do these things every single day. Interesting. And yeah. I I find that, um, maybe with, do do you think that that's maybe a theme with, uh, very disciplined people that they, they usually have some, some form of, uh, um, like a catalyst uh, in their life or like in a major event that just enhanced and amplified their motivation uh, to, to be so disciplined, you know, because kind of the regular person that does yoga or dance, uh, he's nowhere near as disciplined as you are about it. Um, po- yeah, I mean, possibly, it might, yeah. Possibly, it could right. definitely help. Uh, different people respond yeah. to those situations. Right, um, for sure. But I think a lot of it is um, it is 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 passion, and mm. for for me in that situation, it was I am gonna come out of this not just okay, yeah. but even better. Amazing. Um, so it was just I just saw it as a huge challenge and a huge lesson, and and I just was not gonna let it overcome me, and so I just set the things in place that um at least made me feel like i was a step ahead um yeah yeah that that's that's incredible i i want to share kind of on on that note i want to continue another quote uh have you read the man's search for meaning by victor frankl i have not oh man god (laughs) it's a great book um so the quote goes like this Ultimately, man should not ask what the meaning of his life is, but rather he must recognize that it is he who is being asked. Each man is questioned by life, and he can only be uh, he can only respond to life by being responsible. Which brings us to the point of uh, mo- so we touched a bit on on discipline, uh, but now what's very fascinating to me is what drives people. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are the forces that drive your pursuits? I mean, you're so. Um, like the super doer to me. Yes. So, <laughs> so can you share some of the, um, yeah, some of your fuels? How do you, what is, your, what is, um, yeah, well, how do you go about trying to think of how to phrase this? So, because a simple way of asking is like, what motivates you, what drives mm-hmm. you? Uh, but in a larger sense is, what is meaningful for you that is, um, that deserves so much fuel? that that you recruit for you know mm-hmm. so kind of what do you value you know why are you doing these uh these things uh mm-hmm. um so i think a lot of the motivation is to um uh, get to know myself more and understand mm. myself and part of that's understanding my body um and the way that it moves but then also that's um with that with any discipline with any uh well, yeah, any discipline, you, uh, if you really pay attention, you realize the type of um, how you focus, how you practice, um, what comes easily and what doesn't, and it's Mm. just this very, it's just this very introspective, and maybe it's where I am in my life right now, just because of the things that have, have, have transpired 
um, I'm just in a place where I really want to get to know me. Yeah. Um, I, and I feel like we spend a lot of our life trying to understand the world around us and the people around us without ever knowing who we really are and where mm. we're moving from. Um, and so, um, so a way to break that down as far as motivation goes is, um, let's say I'm motivated to make some money. And so I start drawing some drawings, but then I have this thought process of like, well, this drawing is coming because I'm motivated to make money because I feel like money brings me security do I need more money to feel secure? Am I okay on my right. own? Like just that simple thought can be brought back to like where did where is yeah. the the essence of it? Um, and so I feel like almost every day with everything that I that I am involved in, it's just it's it's this motivation to understand me more and and even connecting and interacting with others. Um, I'm learning about them, but I'm learning so much about myself because of just the way that I respond to them or my thought processes mm. after our conversation. Um, I love it. You're like this life scientist right now trying to <laughs> investigate. Uh, just want to know. Yeah, me. just want to know myself. <laughs> oh. That's incredible. So speaking of uh, knowing yourself, uh, decisions... Can I, I'm uh, I'm in a point of my life with a just a giant cloud of confusion. Mm -hmm. Like I always have decisions. Where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. um, can you can you share something? I I I think you mentioned uh, leaving the dance company, right? I did. Yeah. Yes. So was that was that a big uh, decision you you made? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um. How do you approach big decisions, or do you ever feel the, do you ever feel confused, or I'm assuming you do, but. Um, Definitely. Um, before I quit the dance company, there I was in a big cloud of several months of feeling lost and confused and just kind of uh, um, floating th through life. And that's another reason why I have like my discipline and my mm. anchor points because it's like no matter what, it, it, it's kind of a security mechanism. So no matter what is happening, uh, around me I, I I know I have these very specific practices that I do and they help ground me and um, help me stay connected to who, who I am and not get lost in in what's going on around me but um, definitely in a was in a huge period of just confusion and um, not sure what to do next I could feel that something wasn't right because I didn't feel very good and I wasn't very happy and I didn't know why. Um, and so some things happened that, um, well, that, that really irritated me and made me really mad um, within the company. And, um, and then they kind of started to build on themselves um, to the point where it was like either we talk about it or I I just can't let it go. Like I can't just let this slide and forget about it. it it's just mm. staying in my mind. How um, long have you been with, the, with that company? I was yeah. two years. Two years. Um, and so, uh, but I didn't really know how to have the conversation because um, – I'm very sensitive to other people and how they feel and how they're going to respond. And and so this is something I've learned about myself after the fact mm. was that um, I was so worried about how other people would feel and how if I brought this up that I was unhappy, that it would mm. hurt them, that I didn't want to. So I was more willing right. to hurt myself than I was to bring up a um, – a serious conversation um well since i waited like w and didn't um express myself the way i needed to um yeah these emotions just built and built and built and so finally after our, our last contract was up i was like i i you know i'm, I'm done yeah. like here's a here's a like very vague synopsis of why because at the time everything was so sensitive and i i don't 
I don't like like blame and pointing fingers or anything like that um, because I realized at the end of the day, even though I was frustrated with things that were happening, it was my fault that I because I chose to be there and I chose not to express hmm. my feelings. Um, and so that's something in hindsight that I that I can see. Um, and it's great that you're trying to use that uh, to observe it and see, kind of continue the investigation of yourself through that decision and that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like if, if you don't, if you have very um, significant things like that happen in your life or they feel very significant, um, and if you don't like the way it felt, it, if you don't observe it, if you don't maybe reflect and see how you were a player in that game um it's just gonna happen again and and it's it's not you don't no one wants to do that again no one wants (laughs) to repeat those same lessons it's kind of when i and that's happened to me and it's when it comes back around you're like yeah, damn it. Damn it. I'm, I'm here again, oh, here in this jungle again, confused. And it sucks just as bad as yeah, the first time. Exactly. Never gets easier. No, <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, Got you. So you have to, to, um, yeah, to employ some, some, some observation in mm-hmm. it so you can hopefully not return to the same woods twice. Yeah. And, the same. and responsibility. Like we're, I don't, uh, it's really easy to, to, to blame other people for your situation, for the way you feel, um, mm. anything like that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have, it's you and you, mm. and you decide how you respond. And um, I like it. It's you and you. Yeah. And you brought up something interesting about how when we want to make a decision, uh, maybe the default reaction is to, to um, really be concentrated on how other people will perceive our decision uh-huh. you know, and how it will make them feel. You know, I was speaking to a friend from Israel about possibly uh, him leaving uh, Israel and what, what like, his family, what is, what is, you know, the, he has a particular background. And I think it's incredible how, how much weight um, yeah, does the judgment of others have in our decision making? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's almost terrifying. Yes, think about it. We need to cleanse that, Liz. We, <laughs> we do. It, it's hard. We yeah. I, I feel like um, we use that to make decisions a lot of, and that's another question to ask yourself when you are making a decision: Is yeah. this mine? And it, Am I thinking of others when I'm making this decision? Why right. am I thinking of others? You, you know, just that. Yeah. That gotcha. inner dialogue. Investigate it. I want to be respectful of your time. Can we go a bit further? For just, sure. Yeah. Um, great. I have uh, last quote of the day, Liz. This is the, the quote podcast. Um, so this one is from, um, let's see, James Allen. And it goes, uh, a man can only rise, conquer, and achieve by lifting up his thoughts. He can only remain weak, abject, and miserable by refusing to lift up his thoughts. Which can, it's from a great book called As a Man Thinketh. I have that book. I have James Allen. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. You just uh, won so many points, Liz. (laughs) You're my favorite guest. yeah, so first of all, that that book, I mean, that's like a life manual. That's yes. incredible. And I think when 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 I when I um when I was preparing this quote for you, I, I was thinking, does it sound too judgmental that like the whole responsibility is on on our thinking, you know? But I I love it because it empowers uh, mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. to a sense of, well, even if it is if it, even if it isn't our fault, then we want to put the light, the projector on our responsibility, on our thinking, and how can we lift up our thinking mm-hmm. and the role it plays when we have hardships and, and struggles. And, um, and obviously you touched on some incredible struggles that you had. Can you, can you explore that point a bit about how to, how to lift up our, our thoughts? You mm-hmm. know, we have the, in, during the storms and the, the winters of our lives. Yeah. Um, first, I just love that you referenced that because that it was one of hit that book was one of the first tools that I feel like kind of uh, pushed me into to to my thought process of where I am now. And anytime I felt really stuck um, in in my thoughts and in my anxiety, I would read that book and just yeah. feel better. 
yeah. Definitely. It's just I, I second that. But um, yeah, um, so our thoughts they they rule our our perspective. I mean that that that's another uh, good investigation for yourself is just to observe what you're thinking throughout the day. Mm. Um, but um, so. Yeah, go, going through those different experiences definitely had, you know, dark, dark thoughts um, and, and lo- lots of sadness and things on a lot of levels. Um, but what I tried to do that to really help was um, just focus on things around me that were that were pleasant. They, they don't even necessarily have to be um, something happy, but uh they never had to instill like pure joy in me it was just more looking for a state of calm and nature was such a big portion of that for me because Mm. nature has no urgency and no judgment or expectation it just is Mm. and it's so good at doing that um uh, so i remember when david was sick it like there was a huge snowstorm and I remember we went to go hike through the woods and there was this um flower just like bursting through the snow and uh that like that kind of symbolism was just so lovely for me um and it's something that I still will think about um because it had just went through a huge snowstorm but it's just sitting there up tall and it never questioned and it never damned the snowstorm it wasn't Mm. like why does the weather suck so bad or anything i mean it's just chilling and so i so when i i'm trying to um so almost i don't want to say remove because it's such an action oriented thing but taking thoughts and generalizing them again going back to generalization making them soften them Mm. so um because we we have strong beliefs about different things and um there are different thoughts that are more potent than others um so yeah how how do we uh, generalize our thinking Uh, um interesting point okay so i'm trying to think of a good a good example of of generalizing um so let's say on the subject of like abundance the first thing that we usually think about is like money and things right yeah money abundance that means abundance and but but everyone has this like really strong emotional connection to the idea of money and it's either it's usually Mm. pretty good or pretty bad (laughs) depending on where you are on the scale um and for some people they can have a lot of it and it's still bad because they're worried about losing all of it or whatever so we have a really big emotional attachment to this subject um so in order to generalize it take it off of the that subject and think of other ways to be abundant so Hmm. there's an abundance of air I never right. worry about the next <laughs> breath I'm going to take unless I'm underwater. You know, I'm never worried that someone's going to suck it all up either. Yeah. I'm not sitting here right. like, yeah. <laughs> quit breathing yeah. so yeah. deeply. I'm going to suck all the air up. You know, and the, just um, there's an abundance of mm. sun. There's abundance of plants. Right. There's a, just it's starting to look yeah. around you for those for those things. Um so yeah, just taking it off this really, really specific subject. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it strikes me like you're trying to introduce new new angles to access the same concept. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So once like you it. feel that, like that release of, um, um, I guess intense uh, intense emotional attachment, that kind of just like calm state, then you can start to look at those things a little bit deeper that that you might be really emotionally attached to so um, i'm trying to think about how to relate this exactly to um like losing losing loved ones Mm. um but um so i don't know i'm trying to think um i i I think i I, maybe i see i see where you're going with it because and and this is of course um 
obviously this is a very difficult topic to to address but um, um the, well you said abundance mm-hmm. and then lost you know and mm-hmm. then i think lost the first thing that comes to mind is scarcity you know after a loss right right so to to think how am i still abundant right. after a loss is such a big exercise for the mind um mm-hmm. because you in your perception now i am i've been victimized by life and i am i i lost something i i, I lost someone or something that i cared about so deeply so now I'm, I'm i'm being challenged by life to 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 yeah to re-ask myself well where i am abundant you know mm-hmm. uh, to not just stay in that realm of okay now i am scarce of uh mm-hmm. which is a huge challenge i assume yeah and so another way to think about it is um oh one of the reasons that loss loss of someone else is so is so impactful is we tend to identify ourselves and that person together yeah um and so it's like we lose a part of ourselves um when they move when they move on right um so yeah that can even not be by a physical trauma it can uh, be by a breakup or, or anything that we can experience as we lost that person we lost that relationship and absolutely yeah and so, um, yeah, so very naturally there's this, ca- there's this gap um, there. Um, and what would be great, what the, the easiest solution for would be that person to be right there again. Yeah. Or, and then usually the next thing, especially like in a relationship, yeah. say a romantic one, if you're over that person, you're usually just looking for another one. And it's like, well, what is this, what is this gap that mm. I'm trying to fill? Um, and what is this need? Uh, what need did the, this other person um, fulfill that I don't think I can do on my own? Mm. Um, and and then and so again, just like looking for um, another way, and maybe something general, you know, that that um, that can start to become that new habit or that new uh form of fulfillment Mm. for you Um, you know i was thinking um i'm 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 gonna try to make a a, a, like a a crazy connection here uh (laughs) so when i when i uh did the when i bombed completely in the stand-up a few a few days ago i was thinking um the first well i'll 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 share the example because i think it's kind of funny so uh anyway so i was uh we in the apartment were joking around all the time and then we had this joke about white people okay we Mm -hmm. wanted to make this joke about uh, drum circles and how they pretend to be native americans and blah blah so my my, uh which was funny to us at least yes yeah and um and we did not mean it in an (laughs) offensive way by any means you know (laughs) but um but anyway so my partners uh my uh roommate uh, in the apartment he said um man you should just go up stage and just say like i'm so sick of white people lately you know <laughs> just as to you know and for us it was it was acceptable right know? yeah so anyway i went up i <laughs> know i know this is this is yeah i tanked i tanked uh so so i went up there said it and the room went silent uh-huh. and everybody hated me and it was awful but my friend uh she she filmed the uh, everything on, on my iphone and uh-huh. and then i i was i it was so interesting because i had a visual evidence of my, my psyche in, in that point and the second i i i said what i said uh you could see like i just shut off like my brain was just it froze for a bit and then realizing after the fact i, I was analyzing it and and um, i it was so uh, obvious to me that i needed them to validate me uh, by the first line and the second that uh it didn't happen i it almost like it it completely shattered uh my mm-hmm. thinking there and then i had to recalibrate and and it was awful and um so i'm trying to so i'm i'll make this this crazy connection mm-hmm. because you you spoke about uh th- this gap you know mm-hmm. and this example really showed me a gap in my thinking that there was something like i i was needing of their approval and their validation and without it uh, like i was in danger i was in real threat uh if if they didn't uh respond well mm-hmm. and uh it was an extreme example but it could have been just something minor and they wouldn't uh, respond well and i saw how that affected me and i think af- afterwards i i 
tried to, t- uh, to take that experience and, and ask myself, what are the things that I can do in my day that are independent of others' feedback mm-hmm. that will fulfill me? So for me right now, it's learning Spanish, for instance. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I try to make it just uh, so simple as in watch one grammar YouTube video about whatever tense or just listen to one song. Mm-hmm. And those are things that I can put like in, in my, my bank, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and and just, okay, there, there was something today that I did for myself. And I, you know, th- this is a process that is, I, I wasn't needing uh, any anyone to say, oh, your accent was great or something. Mm-hmm. It just, it's something that you do and it can be, obviously you have a lot of disciplines like that. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they're instrumental in, um, yeah, and I think when, when we are absent of things in our in our daily lives that we that can give us that uh, like you and you f- feeling mm-hmm. that you talked about, mm-hmm. um, when we are too absent of that, then then the we we fall into the trap of okay, there is a gap between any two uh, people, and if that gap is not bridged in the way that we wanted it to be, then we are there's a, a hell that can. Uh, attack us from mm-hmm. from that expectation that it will be fulfilled and you know there will always be someone here to give us positive feedback or mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know i tried to make it make a, a crazy connection but uh, but i'm i'm literally asking myself uh kind of a, on a basic daily uh a question like what can i do today that is really tiny that will give me a good feeling and it has nothing to do with anyone else I rather than myself mm-hmm. I think that's really important, and I think that is what is is a tool that I would tell for people to for to move through life and move through hardships. Like I feel like you answered my question just then. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like you just answered it. It really is the those things, those little Mm. those little things that you do for yourself that make you feel good without needing any outside influence. Yeah, thank you very much for this. Thank this. you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was awesome. And thank you for this awesome setup. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. A giant thank you to Liz for this one. If you want to check out her artwork and dancing videos that I highly recommend, follow her on social media on Elizabeth Hartzell on Facebook and Instagram. And now, for the next episode, the podcast is still in Austin, Texas, sitting down to talk with my new favorite artist, Jenna Swick. She's an incredible painter whose artwork captured my attention and led me to invite her for a talk on the podcast. So stay tuned for another Austin edition. Thank you for listening. Be strong out there. Because in every corner, there's another donut above.